thank you for coming. Really, really do. Um, there are going to be other people joining us, I hope. But if not, um, we'll have the benefit of each other's company today. And I think that's the most important thing that we're going to be doing. Today is not a lecture. It's not a presentation. Hopefully, it's a, dis a discussion. So we're really looking for your input, your questions, your interactions, your challenges, your experiences. If you feel free talking about it, we definitely want to talk about it here as far as it relates to tax-exempt organizations. I need you to know that Vinny and Joe are filming this, so um, you need to be on your best behavior. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to ask you that if you have a question, that you raise your hand, and we're going to bring a microphone around to you so that we can capture the audio appropriately. And um, our audio team, I want to thank you in advance for everything that you're doing. So again, today's a discussion. Hopefully, um, we will have some uh, wonderful takeaways from this. But the most important thing is that you are the experts. We're talking about tax exempt does not mean nonprofit. And our firm, The Success Zone, along with our associates, who you're going to meet in the second part of the agenda, are going to tell you exactly how we feel we can help your nonprofit become profitable, number one, but two, generate the kind of revenue that you're going to need in order to provide the services that you provide. And now understand this, what you do, no one else can do. What you do is vital. What we want to do is help you do more of it, help you do it better, and help your organization become an organization that is, there's the word definitions we're going to talk about later, sustainable. <laughs> we want to become sustainable, self-sufficient, but most of all, we want to help you do more for more people for a long time. Okay? Basically, that's what it is. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> See, she, she's my plant. She's my leader. <laughs> He's my leaning. Did you see this? <laughs> you see, if you give somebody a, a, a spot in your TV show, they think they know everything about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm Don Moraney, and the name of my company is The Success Zone. And we are here with our associate firms to talk to you today about something that we think is extremely important. And basically, that's how to become profitable. And as I said earlier, you are the experts because you are in the nonprofit community every single day, running your organizations, fundraising, helping your target audiences, dealing with your stakeholders. And so that's why we want your interaction because we as consultants need to make sure that we're talking about the same thing and that we have consensus in the room so at the end of this process, we're all on the same page and we all have the same takeaways, okay? The name of this session is called CEO Sessions. The Success Group has put together over the years a bunch of courses. They're not training courses because people in business don't need training. They're more like guidance courses. Over the course of the years, we've come up with um, subjects that we think are really important. One of the things we're going to be talking about, I'm just going to go through that, is social entrepreneurship, which we're going to get to uh, in the second segment. But this is why we're here, the objective to engage not-for-profit not thought leaders, you and we, in dialogue to change the mindset regarding nonprofit finances. And that dialogue is basically, in order to accomplish our missions, 
and our purposes, we need to operate as any business entity would operate, with profitability as our focus. Now, two things I want to make sure that we notice in this section. There are two parts of this. Management and operations focused on profitability, but governance focused on value to stakeholders. Um, and while I'm going to ask Kimberly to come up, but the reason I want to emphasize that, because in nonprofits, we have two aspects that need to be going in the same way. The board, the policymakers need to think profitability, but also the staff, the operations, the executive director needs to be thinking profitability. And those two components need to be on the same page when it comes to where we're going. And again, we're going to have a lively discussion about this, and hopefully you'll get involved, because if those two components, the governance portion of it and the operational portion of it, aren't in sync, the nonprofit's not going anywhere. They can't do anything without those two parts being in sync. Uh, Kimberly and I call it dynamics, dynamic balance. We'll talk about that in a while. But again, I want everyone to understand that the important part of this, which is why we wanted the board and the executive to be here today, is that we need to have a meeting of minds inside the organization about this change of mindset, about thinking about profitability, okay? And so with you as the experts every day, and we as the consultants to you experts, the question is, what makes us so smart that we think we can tell you what you're supposed to be doing? I've uh, had two lives, one in the Internal Revenue Service. I spent about 15 years there as an agent and manager with uh, examinations and exempt organizations. And so I think I know a little bit about tax compliance as it goes, as it relates to tax exempt organizations. Um, I've done everything from deciding who was going to get a 1023 to auditing major corporations and um, universities in New York, which took three, six weeks. And, made, and ordering little organizations that took three to six hours. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the whole spectrum. The thing that I am most proud of is that in 1979, I rewrote the instructions for the 990 uh, form. And that's, those instructions lasted until 2008, almost 30 years. Untouched. Me. So. So on that side, I think we kind of have a little tax compliance education going over here, okay? Been in business 30 years. And in the 30 years that we've been in business, we've worked with a lot of nonprofits, on boards, et cetera, et cetera. So we have both sides, I like to think. And on the business side, President Obama gave the brother a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2016 for my work in the nonprofit community. So enough patting myself on the back, but I just wanted you to know that all of us on this team that are going to be presenting have expertise that we feel we can bring to your organizations, okay? That's the bottom line. So first of all, let me say, we don't call tax-exempt organizations nonprofits. I mean, that just defeats the whole purpose of the discussion we're having today. We call them not-for-profit, which basically means you're not supposed to be out there uh, challenging Google, but you're supposed to be making as much money as Google is. The purpose is different, okay? And so if you don't mind, through the rest of this discussion, we're going to either use tax-exempt or we're going to use not-for-profit 
But if we can kind of push that nonprofit dialogue out of our minds by the end of the day, um, we will have achieved one objective, okay? Agree? Yes. My question was regarding the value to stakeholders. Can that be almost your imperative, your top priority? Because I'm a little different, I'm an association. So my value to my members is more important to than that profit-making portion. It's sort of like a catch-22. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, Charles, <laughs> not Cliff anymore. Charles brings up the most important point here. We as nonprofit organizations have a responsibility to deliver our purpose and mission. That's why we're here. That's why you got the tax exemption in the first place. That's the value that we bring to stakeholders, and stakeholders in our minds are the board, the operational portion of it, the communities that you touch, the people that you serve, the volunteers that believe in your organization. The stakeholders are any group of people that are interested, serviced by, or involved with your organization. So that could be a large community. Okay, I need you to understand that the stakeholders is not only your members, not only the people that come to your program, it's your community, it's your funders, it's everybody who needs to know about you, needs to believe in you, and needs to bring their resources to you. And that is the first thing. Yes, Charles, that's the most important thing. The problem that we have is, the second thing is, you need resources in order to deliver that value. And for most of us, that's where the problem is. And so our team can help with bringing those resources and managing those resources so that we can provide that value across the stakeholder uh, scope. Okay, so thank you for that question. I appreciate it. And again, if you have a question, we, we want them, we need them. Um, we'll just make sure that you might, okay? So again, I wanna point out, we're here because we believe that not-for-profit organizations should be doing well while they're doing good, okay? Let's, we're all doing good things, but unfortunately, a lot of us, we aren't doing well, and that's what we need to change. So just to repeat, our objective is to engage you, and I'm sure we're gonna be engaged soon, right? <laughs> in, as thought leaders, in dialogue to change the mindset regarding not-for-profit finances. So when you leave here, we want you to have this, uh, a mindset that's profitability oriented, okay? Not first, but oriented. Positive cash flow oriented, and why? Because it doesn't matter how good your financials look, if you don't have any cash, it doesn't really matter. And so positive cash flow is vital. And that's different from profitability because you can be profitable and not have any money in the bank, okay? And so, we need to make sure that we understand those concepts and we're gonna talk about them, but this is what we're looking for in terms of our discussion and our takeaways, okay? Earned income. S someone told us that we're not supposed to make money, you know? We're supposed to do good, we're supposed to save the world, we're supposed to do everything, but we're not supposed to make any money. And oh, and if it's money that's not related to our programs, oh no because we'll lose our tax exemption, we'll be taken off to jail, everybody on the board is gonna be sued, I mean, come on. That's a myth we have to get rid of. Earned income is vital to what we're gonna do. So let me just take a second and, and set that up. 
mostly we operate off of support income, contributions, donations, fundraising, grants, membership fees, you know, things like that. That's support. That's money that's normally given to us without any expectation that the person's giving it to us is going to want anything back, mostly. That to us is support. Um, our events manager is going to tell you later on that we believe that you need to make real money. And not-for-profits not can do that. Yes, there's a thing called unrelated business income tax that taxes money that's not significantly related to your programs, and we'll discuss that in length. But think about this. If I am a, the Reverend Parkers, run an international company in Ghana that's doing really great work on the ground. But suppose they decide to open an automobile dealership here in Maryland. That would be unrelated to, to their mission, right? But they just pay taxes on that, pay their 21% and take the other 80% and service their, their clients. I mean, it's just that simple. So is there a possibility that the exemption could be taken away? Sure it is. There's a possibility anything can happen, but that's where planning comes in. You sit down with the right people, you plan the programs, you plan how it's going to work, you plan the relationship to your mission, and if you can't make it related to your mission, you plan how you can make sure that you get the maximum tax value for it. But we need to get the money. Because when they're over there in Ghana, and they go over there and they don't have any money, and the people they're trying to help don't have any money, it's not even a good trip, am I right? <laughs> you know? So you know, we have to really begin to think about this entire thing. We need to begin to think about earned income and put that in our mindset. Now, this is where we get back to Charles's focus point. Our job, service two, credibility with and involvement of our stakeholders. Our volunteers are a source of potential energy, talent, revenue that we are missing out on. We are missing out on because we aren't focusing on them as a part of our profitability. Now, when we say profitability, all of us are thinking about money, and, and we should. But when we come down to volunteers, it's about their time, which relates to money. We're going to show you later on in the stats how that rolls out. It's about who they know that can relate to money. It's about what they do. It's about what they bring. It's about a whole bunch of things that if we don't groom our volunteers, that we're missing out on. And so, yes, we're talking about money, but we're also talking about the ability to make more money. I'll give you an example. If Victoria is giving an event for you and you don't have any volunteers, then Victoria's got to bring all the staff, cost you more to get it done when you could have the volunteers do half the work and she just do the coordination, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's that. Unrelated, wait, one second, Charles. Uh, Mike, unrelated business income. It says that if a significant part of the work is done by volunteers, it's not unrelated business income. So the automobile dealership that the park has opened up, if most of the work is done by the volunteers, the millions of dollars they make is not unrelated business income, okay? 
IRS has an exception to everything. <laughs> so we work where the exceptions are, okay? But again, to make sure that you understand what Charles's point is, stakeholders, value to stakeholders, most important thing, volunteers are part of our stakeholders. We have to use them appropriately. One thing I want to say is, uh, Roz, would you stand up? The organization that nominated me for the Lifetime Achievement Award was EGOS, and Roz is the legal counsel for EGOS. Thank you very much. Sam Jones, the great basketball player, is on their board. They're doing great things with young people, especially in the sports area. So thank you. She didn't know I was going to plug her. This, this word, sustainability, it's, it's all over the, the not-for-profit community. I mean, you hear it all the time, sustainability. What the heck is it? We'll talk about that later. But right now, this is the word in sustainability I want to talk about, self. Sustainability, just for sake of discussion, is our ability to be a going concern, not have any um, operational challenges for an extended period of time. Quick definition. But what we're trying to get today is for the nonprofit, not for profit, excuse me, to be in charge of its sustainability. Not have to worry about the grants, the funders, the contributions, the membership, all those other things that we hope will come in and work real hard to get. And as far as grants go, pray <laughs> that, they, that they choose us. We want, we want to be in charge of our own sustainability. We call it self-sustainability, okay? So let's talk about challenges. And hopefully when we talk about challenges, everybody's going to get involved, right? So we're going to have the mic just running around. Um, Kimberly's going to come up and help me in the second part of the challenges when we start talking about operational. But for right now, financial challenges, revenue sources. Our revenue sources are limited. We talked about it before. It's mostly from support for most of us. We want to expand on that and use every revenue source that we can muster whether or not it is related to our programs. And I'll just let me say that again, whether or not it's related to our programs. If it's unrelated to our programs, we have to plan. We should be planning it anyway. We'll get to that later on with Kimberly also. But just open your minds to we need money from wherever we need to get the money. And although we've been told that we can't do this and can't do that and be tax exempt, Let's put all that aside for right now. We need the money. Self-sufficiency. So sustainability and sufficiency are different in my mind. Sustainability is long-term. Sufficiency is to be able to support yourself, whether it's just for a day or, or not, but we should be self-sufficient. Sustainability is a longer concept in my mind. And we've got a brilliant attorney, Michelle here, who will be helping us with the definition, so don't be shy, okay? Brilliant tax attorney. Capital. Now, economic capital, we know that's money. But again, we put human capital, volunteers, in with capital because we really need you to think about that the volunteers are extremely important and they mean money. So let me just a quick example. I volunteer for an hour. I, it's $20. That's $20 that you got that you didn't have to spend anything for that goes into your financial statements as $20 revenue and $20 expense. But still, when you give that financial statement to somebody, you got $20 more in your financial statement, and then someone gave you 
their time, talent. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. So we put human along with capital so that you can understand that we're talking about two things here, okay? Money and people. Strategic planning. Man, are we gonna get in this? <laughs> let, let me just say, folks, we can only get to where we're going if we plan to get there. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And I don't care whether you're for-profit, not-for-profit, um, you know, a social club, I don't care what you are. If you're not planning, you're not progressing. And so, before, and again, we're gonna spend some time on this, but I just wanna say the vast majority of us, and I don't need anybody to raise hands, do not have a strategic plan, number one. Those of us who do have a strategic plan aren't following it. And number three, those who have a strategic plan are following it aren't updating it. And so if we're not planning, we're in trouble. And it's the board's responsibility to ensure that there is a strategic plan. And it's the staff's responsibility to make sure that it's implemented. And so both sides, as we talked about, have responsibilities as far as that goes. Financial management. That's when you get the money that you handle it correctly. <laughs> handle it correctly, report it correctly, um, make sure that you track it correctly. And um, Joyce and Fusion for Business is gonna talk about that extensively, but we've seen way too many organizations that could be doing well, but they aren't doing well because they don't have the systems in place to make sure that third parties who are looking in on them can see that. And remember, everything that you do is open to public scrutiny. Everything that you do is open to public scrutiny, okay? But when the funders come in and they want to report about the money they gave you and you can't give them that report, then that money is not coming in anymore. But more than that, the bad news about your organization gets around to the other funders. They have a really close-knit community, you know? So when you're talking to United Way, you're not talking to United Way, you're talking to a grant um, review at United Way who knows every other grant reviewer <laughs> and every other funding organization because they have an association, they hang out together. And so, you know, they say, whoa, the, you know, the tax-exempt nonprofit run by Don Moraney, I can't get any reports from them. And so when the other organization sees you, it's file 13. They're not going to waste their time. And so it's really important that you understand that financial management can not only save your life, but it can save your resources. Accountability, that's inside the organization. Way too many of us have a board that doesn't know anything about finances, has a staff that doesn't know anything about finances, and probably have, has an accountant who doesn't know anything about finances, I'm sorry to say. And so the accountability is inside. Internal controls, again, things we're gonna talk about, make sure you understand. But again, I'm looking for buy-in from all of you as to whether or not you think these are financial challenges. And since I haven't heard anything, I'm just gonna keep going, okay? Uh, did we put drugs in the coffee? No? Okay, I'm, I'm just checking. Okay, so this is one of my pet peeves, overhead. We are told that we aren't supposed to spend any money on overhead. Isn't that nice, you know? We, from somewhere, our money's gonna come to pay the staff, 
pay the rent, pay the telephone. And it comes out of thin air because we're not supposed to spend more than 15% of our revenue. That's, in my mind, is one of the myths that we have to overcome. And basically, again, we're told that we're not supposed to spend more than 15% of our money on overhead, that we're not supposed to spend more than 15% of our money on events management, and if we spend more, that we're not going to lose our tax exemption, that no one's going to give us any money. And there's two sides to that discussion, because the people who give us the grants and the funders expect us to work miracles with, not with their money, with somebody else's money, okay? And then the people who are looking at us, the stakeholders and the volunteers, expecting us to be running a lean machine, but our staff needs to get paid. So, you know, it depends on the position and the vantage point, the perspective that they have on overhead. From our perspective, we need to talk about that. We're gonna talk about that at length. But for right now, to answer your question, the, depending upon who you talk to, is from 15% to 40%. And we've got a slide that's going to show that later on. The norm, rule of thumb, is 15%, no more. And we, we're, we're killing ourselves trying to, try, you know, but it's, it's, it's seriously, it's a discussion we need to have and we're going to have later on. And hopefully everybody in here feels that, okay? So effective and efficient operations. And we put both of those in for two things. Efficient means we're using our resources intelligently, but effective means that we're putting them to work for the purposes that we have as missions. So it's not only making sure that we don't spend a lot of money, it's making sure that we spend it well, okay? Brand, visibility, credibility. If nobody knows you, <laughs> Charles is laughing. If nobody knows you, all the things we're talking about, they, they don't matter. They don't matter. And as nonprofits, we think we're supposed to do our mission, but we forget that we have to make everybody know and love us and want to help us. <laughs>